right, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. We start off today with an important discussion. Now, uh, two years and counting into the pandemic. And one of the things that is starting to get more attention now, especially as we've gotten through the uh, latest immediate urgent surge of COVID, uh, the lingering effects for folks who get COVID and then don't really get over it. It's called long COVID. And it's impacting a lot of people all over the country. It's something that has been uh, noticed here locally as well. A post-COVID recovery clinic's been set up through SIU Medicine. Dr. Vidya Sundaration is the chief of SIU's Division of Infectious Diseases. She's also Sangamon County's medical director and joins us here this afternoon to talk about this phenomenon of long COVID and what is being done to help people who are still feeling the effects of the virus weeks or even months later. Dr. Sundaration, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Let's begin by just, uh, I I, I tried in a very rudimentary way to define it, but to have you explain what we mean when we talk about long COVID and how does it manifest itself in people? Yeah, uh, you know, CDC has uh, defined multiple uh, symptomatologies, which they've put together close to 300 symptoms that they have listed uh, that could be part of uh, long COVID, long haul post-acute or chronic COVID, post-acute sequelae of SARS-CoV-2. There are multiple names for this, but uh, um, most commonly known as uh, long COVID. Uh, So anybody who has had COVID, uh, they may be asymptomatic when they actually had uh, COVID, but four weeks or later after they've uh, developed COVID could have new or ongoing or returning symptoms if they were symptomatic. Uh, and all that's actually clubbed together uh, under uh, long COVID uh, symptoms, which uh, people can actually have lingering um, symptoms for, uh, they're saying now, on an average uh, months, maybe a year or a year and a half, up to a year and a half. Generally speaking, are these symptoms more of a nuisance or are they actually debilitating? I've certainly seen anecdotally stories of people who really, you know, they they can't function. They get winded trying to do uh, any sort of exertion at all. They suffer from cognitive impairment, brain fog, uh, lots of different issues that uh, that just linger again for weeks, potentially even for months. Uh, do is there sort of a, a common thread in these cases, or does it really just run the gamut from mild inconvenience to to a really serious medical problem? It could be anything. And different people manifest with different things. Um, The first and foremost thing is to make sure that there is nothing that's actually masquerading as a post-COVID symptom, nothing that is serious. So it's important to seek medical help, especially if somebody is um, presenting with chest pain um, or uh, shortness of breath. You want to make sure that... um, uh, it's not a blood clot. So you want to rule out more serious things. And of course, there are things which um, uh, we may perceive as frustrating and uh, uh, something that's just lingering for a long time, insomnia, um, GI upsets, diarrhea, joint and muscle pains, just fatigue, uh, and then uh, difficulty thinking or concentrating, which a lot of times is referred to as brain fog, uh, so these are symptoms that can linger for a long time. Uh, there's 
there's not much in the way of treatment, but um, there is a lot of research that's going on currently um, with NIH and other other uh, organizations that are looking into uh, really the etiology or the, the cause for this uh, and the plausibility of uh, neuros, uh, neurologic systems being truly involved uh, um, even in the acute phase of COVID is now being explored. So there is definitely... Uh, something to look forward to in terms of treatment for these. I want to come back and talk more about the, the research component of this, but uh, if you can, uh, help me get a handle on just how prevalent this is. We've had nearly 55,000 cases of COVID here in Sangamon County. If even 1% of the people who get it develop these, uh, these long COVID symptoms, you're talking hundreds of people, potentially thousands of people who are, uh, are, are dealing with this in a way that could really be impacting their their daily lives. Do we know how many people who get COVID will still be wrestling with these symptoms weeks or months later? Yeah, we've seen various numbers uh, there. Uh, the, the most common range that uh, uh, I have seen from Mayo Clinic uh, and their database is about 10 to 30 percent. Uh, earlier, it was estimated that it could be anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of people that get COVID that uh, could manifest with long COVID symptoms. But I think we're we're kind of looking at a 10 to 30 percent from the Mayo Clinic database. Uh, WHO and uh, uh, all other uh, organizations look at this as a big problem because we have had such high numbers of people who have had COVID. So even if it's a small percentage, it eventually does end up being a, a, a big, big uh, uh, group there that, that could manifest with symptoms. We're talking with Dr. Vidya Sundaration. She's the chief of SIU's Division of Infectious Diseases. Uh, they have a post-COVID recovery clinic at SIU Medicine. And doctor, as you noted, with nearly 55,000 cases, even 10%, that would be 5,000 plus people who could be suffering these symptoms. So tell me about the post-COVID recovery clinic when was it started and can you quantify how many people you're you're seeing and assisting with some of these symptoms absolutely so we started thinking about this uh in fact um uh, very early um even into uh, 2020 when uh post-covid um syndrome at that time they called it a syndrome only because it uh involved multiple organ systems um so that uh that was being recognized so we did start uh laying some foundation on a need for a post-COVID clinic. Um, it uh, finally um, materialized in um, uh, October of 2021, uh, and we uh, have a multidisciplinary approach. So we have uh, a cardiologist, we have pulmonary medicine or respiratory medicine, and we have um, a, a physical and sports medicine person for uh, people who may have uh, rehabilitation or fatigue issues. We have psychiatry involved. We have general internal medicine. Um, and uh, and then, of course, infectious diseases is also involved. Uh, so it's a multidisciplinary approach. We uh, see patients in the post-COVID clinic, uh, work them up, and then uh, they are discussed in a multidisciplinary uh, post-COVID board meeting where we are uh, looking at these multiple um, symptoms that patients present with and, uh, and uh, come up with a plan. Uh, which is holistic. Uh, so now, uh, moving forward, um, this is a almost like a chronic 
condition uh, clinic model. Um, the, the three main etiologies for post-COVID are also people uh, who may have a direct cell damage from COVID and have had uh, a lingering symptoms from uh, a prolonged um, condition from just having COVID. Uh, also people who have been hospitalized and have had a long hospitalization with COVID, uh, they can present with uh, uh, symptoms like PTSD, just uh, muscle weakness, just a general uh, debilitation because of a long hospitalization. And then lastly, people who have immune system related symptoms. So all these are, are addressed. Uh, we're also looking to start support groups for uh, conditions like um, insomnia, for conditions like brain fog, uh, where we would have patient-led support groups where uh, people can share what they're going through and um, uh, and share success stories for others who are still struggling with symptoms. You mentioned uh, that it's not necessarily uh, clear yet uh, a, a single therapy or, or a set of therapies that, that might work there, but are, are there things that are looking promising? Are you, are you seeing results in the post-COVID recovery clinic, things that seem to be working better than others? Well, you know, um, a lot of people get better over time. Uh, so sometimes months, um, sometimes weeks, it's mainly months. That's why the name long haul is quite appropriate for this. Um, and the integrative care uh, with uh, looking at the uh, physical medicine aspects, the, uh, the, psycho the psychological, the social aspects, as well as pain syndrome, I think just the integrative medicine approach definitely is very helpful for our patients. Um, from a medication standpoint, uh, we want to rule out um, really uh, bad diagnoses. If there's a clot, if there's a heart condition where the heart is not functioning uh, very well, uh, people may need defibrillators. They may need some medications to help the heart. If there's a new onset high blood pressure, if there's a new onset of diabetes, then yes, they will need medications for those. But for post-COVID uh, symptoms like uh, brain fog and cognitive, neurocognitive um, symptoms, we don't really have any medications right now. But remdesivir and some of the uh, treatments that are being used may be effective according to some preliminary studies from NIH. We need to find the etiology better so we can come up with treatments. Lastly, people who've been vaccinated, prevention is is here. Um, so people who have been vaccinated, even if they have had breakthrough symptoms, and even if they have post-COVID uh, symptoms uh, after vaccination, their recovery uh, is definitely much better. So vaccination as treatment is also something that has been talked of for post-COVID. One of the, uh, I'm sure, uh, challenges that you face in dealing with this is we've had so many different variants of COVID. Uh, have different variants carried different risk of turning into long COVID? Or are some more likely than others to lead to these long-term symptoms? Well, you know, all of them do. Uh, but with uh, viruses which are more transmissible, like Omicron, you end up seeing a lot more people who were infected with COVID. Uh, even if they were asymptomatic, uh, you end up seeing that uh, as a result of infection from that particular virus in the community that's circulating at one particular time, you may end up seeing a lot more numbers uh, uh, after that virus has circulated. 
and I apologize if I missed this. Were you able to quantify how, how many patients roughly you're currently seeing in the post-COVID recovery clinic? Um, we are definitely um, uh, seeing upwards of about uh, 50 or so currently uh, and counting. Uh, so the referrals are coming in there. Uh, the, the knowledge of this clinic being present locally uh, is more widely available. So we're getting a lot more referrals now. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 50 and counting. And uh, if people uh, are hearing this and thinking, boy, this, this kind of sounds like what I've been going through in recent months and may want to seek out the assistance of the post-COVID recovery clinic, do they have to get a referral? Can they reach out to you directly? How do people access some of these services? Yeah, they can uh, have their primary care physicians make a referral. And we do that because uh, we want to make sure that they are four weeks out uh, from having um, COVID symptoms. So you, you don't uh, want to be seen when you're uh, acutely having COVID. Uh, you want to be seen soon. In fact, uh, early rehabilitation, early um, uh, referrals um, are definitely helpful but you want to be four weeks out after having had COVID. And then we also want to triage to make sure that they're not sick enough to um, go to the hospital. So the, 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 because of these two reasons, we prefer that the referral comes from a primary care physician. It uh, is is endlessly fascinating from a medical standpoint, and again, good reason to make sure if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. You may save yourself problems both immediately and in the long run. Dr. Vidya Sundaration, Chief of SIU's Division of Infectious Diseases, Sangamon County Medical Director. As always, thank you for your time. Great to talk to you, and we we'll hope to talk again soon. Thank you very much for having me.